Building a business is hard. Maintaining healthy relationships with those that you care about is hard. Staying fit and healthy in your body, your mind, and your emotions is hard. This podcast is about finding and sharing tools, strategies, and experiences that may help you to achieve and maintain moderate success in your life, whatever that means to you. There is a ton of content created by the billionaires, the ultra-successful athletes, and by people that are at a level that the vast majority of us will just never get to. And if you're anything like me, I'm totally okay with that. This is a place where we talk about how to build a great business, but not necessarily a massive one. A place to talk about how we build a life that is balanced and integrated, but not necessarily optimized to levels that are not realistic for most of us. In short, it's a place where we explore how to be moderately successful. The work will always remain yours, and for the most part, it's simple, but not easy. I want to challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. I want to challenge you to take whatever resonates with you from this episode and to teach it to somebody that you think will benefit from it, and to do so in the next 24 hours. This will embed the learnings for yourself, and you'll be helping someone else as well as the podcast. Lastly, please share this with whoever you think needs to have this in their lives. The more reach we can get, the more impact we can have. With that said, let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. So today I want to talk about three things that when I get these three things right, I can get a lot of other stuff wrong and I still am able to show up for people, for business, performance, concentration, just be a little bit less of a dickhead and just just all around live a bit of a better better existence. And they're not going to like surprise you. You're not going to learn anything when I share what the three things are. But what I hope to be able to add some value through today is maybe how to set yourself up a little bit better so that you don't have to rely just purely on willpower and sheer determination to constantly sort of fulfill the habit of these three things. There's more than just three things in my life that I consider sort of do these things and you can get a lot of other stuff wrong. But these are the sort of three that I think are the easiest to talk about and that I have, I think, the most experience with in terms of practical things that I've done to set myself up for a bit more, let's call it like automated habit creation rather than just sheer willpower. I believe pretty strongly that willpower is a finite resource and that we don't just have an endless well and pit of willpower that we can just draw on all the time. So I believe that it's a much better approach, or at least for me, to use that willpower to set things up in such a way that I require less willpower day to day, week to week, month to month to actually execute on the things. So to kind of front load the willpower work, if that makes any sense. So with that said, let me get into it. So I'll just start at the at the end and work backwards. So these three things are no surprise probably, but sleep, meditation, and exercise. All right, but let's just get into this a little bit more. So before you roll your eyes and say, oh, yeah, you know, thanks, Mike. You know, that was, that was amazing and enlightening with a very sarcastic uh, tone of voice. Like I said, it's not that I'm trying to share these three things. What, what I'm hoping to share is how to set up one's environment and I guess psychology around these things to increase the chance of actually just doing this stuff really well. So let's start with sleep. So for me, when I get eight hours of sleep, I'm just, I just cannot tell you, I'm a different person completely. You can just ask my wife. It manifests with me in when I don't get enough sleep, I get very anxious and I see the world in a very sort of scarce mindset. Everything's a catastrophe. Everything's going to doom and gloom. It's just a nightmare. I can't concentrate. It's just, I'm just a bit useless. Conversely, when I've had good sleep, I'm very optimistic. I'm very positive. I'm very constructive. I am way, way more productive. I'm easier to talk to. 
I concentrate better. Everything is just better. I'm better from a relationship perspective. I listen better. It's just, it really is night and day for me. Excuse the pun. But how do we actually go about setting ourselves up to get eight hours of sleep a night, right? Because it's easy to say, sure, I'll go to bed at nine o'clock and wake up at five o'clock every night. But it's really, really difficult to do that for most of us with kids and family and work and just all sorts of things that can be really tricky. So for me, it starts off like this. First, really think about the thing. There's usually one thing or one or two things that are primarily keeping you from going to bed early at night. So for me, it was Netflix. In my particular case, I finish work sort of I have a discipline to kind of stop working at about 8 p.m. every night. My working hours are a bit weird because I'm in Australia and the business I work in is predominantly operates off the sort of GMT plus two time zone. So anyway, whatever. My hours are weird and I sort of generally clock off at about 8 p.m. And I like to go to sleep at 9 p.m., which doesn't give me a lot of time in between sort of clocking off work and going to sleep. So what I tend to default to is I, I just watch Netflix, right? So that's my thing that gets in the way. I finish work and I walk into the lounge and it's winter now. So I make sure the fire is going. I put on Netflix and I sit down and I watch some nonsense on Netflix. We all know how easy it is to just get into the Netflix loop. And before you know it, you've been sitting there for three hours and you're not even really enjoying what you're watching. But there you are. You've wasted three hours of your life. So a friend of mine reminded me about something which is really, really useful. So I went out and I bought a little gadget it cost about $15, $20, something like that. And what it is, is it's a, it's a plug that goes into the plug and it has a timer on it. So what I've done is I've plugged my TV into this timer at the wall, at the power source. And because I want to go to bed at 9 PM, I simply set this timer to switch off at 8.45 every night. So I'll be sitting there watching a show on Netflix. And doesn't matter where it is in the show, at 8.45, the TV just powers off at the source. I can't turn it on with the remote. I've got to get up, walk over to the TV, unplug the plug, plug it back into the power socket, turn the TV on with the remote, wait for Netflix to load. There's a lot of friction that I've created, right? And to be honest, by the time I've stood up and walked over to the TV, I've broken the inertia. I just go to bed. I've never, since I've done this, I've never turned the TV back on. It's just been like, okay, it's off. It's a real mission to get it back on. Time to go to bed. This is great. That's the first thing. So it makes a massive, massive difference to just turn your environment around you into a situation that actually makes it irritating or difficult to continue doing the thing that you want to stop doing. So a lot of this comes from James Clear. If you haven't heard about James Clear, check out his book, Atomic Habits. It's absolutely brilliant on habit formation. And he's got the best newsletter, in my opinion, on the internet. So that's the one thing. The second thing is to create an accountability loop. So... I have a group of friends, people that I respect very much from a business perspective and a personal perspective. There's four of us on this little WhatsApp group, and we run what we call an accountability check-in every week. I won't go into too much detail about what that is now. I'll actually do an entire episode on this, but I use the same group to help me with my sleep. So how do I use it to create an accountability loop? It's really simple. I just tell them, hey guys, listen, I actually want to create a new habit. This habit is I want to get eight hours of sleep every night. I know that I get woken up every morning by my little baby at around 5 or 5.30 every morning, which means I know I need to get to sleep by around 9 p.m. So I say to the guys, listen, no one needs to actually say anything, but every morning I'm just going to drop one line in this chat and I'm just going to tell you the time that I went to bed and it's going to, the idea is that it's around 9 p.m. So every single morning when I wake up, 
first thing I do is my routine and what have you. But when I go and actually turn on my phone, one of the first things I do, and it actually doesn't matter if it's the first thing I do, but just at some point the next day, I send a message to the group and I simply tell them the time that I went to sleep. If it's around nine o'clock or below nine o'clock, I give a little green tick. If I was late and it was like 9.30 or 10, I give a red cross. And there's a weird thing that happens for me anyway. I don't know about other people, but for me, there's a weird thing that happens. And what happens is I don't want to fail. I don't want to tell them that I didn't do it. I want to tell them that I succeeded every night. It's actually quite a strong driver for me. I know it's bizarre, but it really works. So sometimes at night, I'll be like, oh, I'll just watch another episode. And then I'm like, oh, but then I'm going to have to tell them that I didn't actually succeed last night. And that is actually quite a driver for me. So the first thing is just creating an environment around you that makes it difficult or irritating to continue doing the thing that is in the way. The second thing is to create an accountability loop. Cool. So that's that's sleep. You know, those two things, they might sound simple, but they've been incredibly effective for me. And I've recreated this sleep routine for myself, and it's made an enormous difference to my life. The second thing is meditation practice. So for me, I've been meditating my entire life almost. My dad, quote unquote, taught me to meditate when I was nine years old. And for what it's worth, I still don't feel like I know how to meditate. So if you're listening to this and you're going, but what is meditation even? I'm not going to try and tell you what it is. I'm not going to try and teach you how to meditate. I've been doing it for 30 years and I still don't feel like I know how to do it. All I know is that when I do it, I am a completely different person than when I don't do that. So similar to sort of sleep. When I do it, I am calmer. I can concentrate better. Again, similar to sleep, I view the world in a far more constructive and sort of optimistic light. I don't worry as much and I just feel a lot better about everything. There is an interesting thing that I've found over years is that doing a five-minute guided meditation is always good. Doing a 10-minute guided meditation is great. But there's something that happens for me when I'm able to do like a 15 or a 20-minute guided meditation. It's not like double as good as a five or a 10 minute meditation, it's exponentially more effective for me. And I don't know if it's got to do with slowing the brainwaves down or what it is, but the difference between a 20 minute meditation and a 10 meditation for me, 10 minute meditation is like it's orders of magnitude more impactful and more effective. So I really carve out the time to do 20 minute meditations every day. But again, we all know that meditation is good for us. There's now a lot of data around this. If you want to get like really into the stuff, go and check out Andrew Huberman's stuff. I think his podcast is called the Huberman podcast or something, but just Google Andrew Huberman. And he really gets into the neuroscience of a lot of stuff, but around meditation. So the stuff is not airy fairy anymore at all. This is very much science driven and it really does work. But again, there is a lot of inertia to get over to get into a meditation practice. So what are some things that I do to try and enhance a meditation practice? So the first thing I do is just, I put it in my calendar. So Treat your meditation practice as if it is an appointment. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to meditate at some point today when I've got time. No, put it in your calendar and treat it as if it is an appointment. So put in 30 minutes into your calendar every day. Give yourself five minutes to do whatever you need to do. Do your 20-minute meditation and then give yourself five minutes to sit and think and contemplate or journal or whatever it is that you want to do. That's the first thing. Very simple, very difficult, but treat it like an appointment. Second thing that works very well for me is have a place where you meditate that's always ready and comfortable. It doesn't have to be a meditation cushion in a monastery with, you know, this perfect environment. For me, it's really simple. I have a chair in my home office. I'm looking at it right now. It's always empty. It's always ready. And that's where I sit and meditate. 
It's not an incredibly beautiful environment or anything, but it's the place that that's all I do. The only time I sit in that chair is when I'm meditating. That's the only thing I use it for. And it's just there. So it's kind of like a habit-forming thing. And again, it's about creating the environment for it. Another small thing, which I'm sure you're all aware of, is silent meditation is very, very difficult. If you can do it, it's actually a lot more effective in my opinion, but it's very, very, very difficult. So I use guided meditation apps. You've probably heard of them, but the three that I like are the Calm app, the Headspace app, and the Waking Up app by Sam Harris. My opinion is that Calm is probably the best for beginners. It's just really light. It's great. She's got an incredible voice. Um, Tamara, I think that's her name. It's a really great uh, introduction, let's say, app to meditation. On the other side of the spectrum, waking up, I found is for, in my opinion, people who have maybe got a bit more of an advanced meditation practice and, and want to go quite a bit deeper, both equally powerful and headspace is also great. But that's really just my opinion. I, I think if you speak to 10 different people, you'll get 10 different opinions on which meditation app to use. So if I'm sleeping eight hours a day and if I'm meditating for 20 minutes every day, my life is just considerably better. Everything feels easier. I feel like I'm better at everything. I don't feel like I'm so difficult to be around. I'm way more positive. I'm less argumentative. And it's just better, right? The third thing is what Andrew Huberman also refers to as, I think he refers to it as this, but I'm just going to use my own words. But it's exercise every day, but it's quite specific exercise. It's, it's raising your heart rate into zone two, which I think is, someone's going to correct me and that's fine. I think it's like above 120 beats per minute which will change slightly in your age and your heart rate. But it's basically just getting you to that point where it's not that easy to talk, but you're not like hardcore exercising. And it's doing that for 45 minutes, three times a week. So once again, this is probably not news to anybody. I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, this is amazing. You should exercise. We all know that. Again, I'm going to talk about how I try and make it a bit easier to actually do it. First thing I do, once again, it's on my calendar. It's on my work calendar, it's on my personal calendar, and it's in there. So I gym and I train a lot of cardio. Both of those things sit in my calendar, but we'll just talk about cardio for now. So for me, the way that I train from a cardio perspective is I love cycling. And the, the majority of my training happens on an, uh, an indoor trainer at my house. So the first thing is stick it on the calendar. The second thing is it's similar to the chair story with the meditation app. Make it very, very easy to access. So don't put a whole bunch of stuff in between not exercising and exercising. What do I mean by that? I spoke about an indoor bike trainer. So I use a device called a Neo Tax, a Tax Neo T2. It's an indoor trainer that a bike gets connected to. If I have to connect that thing up every time, there's no ways I would train. If I have to go and like set it up and put it into a space where it's not out of the way, there's no ways I would train. So my indoor trainer is always ready to go. My bike shoes are sitting right next to it. I've got a Bluetooth speaker that's right in front of it. I've got an iPad that lives in front of the bike so that I can use Zwift. And it's incredibly easy for me to go from, hey, I should exercise to being on the bike. I literally just have to change my clothes, walk into my garage, and my bike is completely ready to go. So it's kind of the opposite of what I was talking about with, with the TV thing, where you're creating friction to make it difficult by, in, in that case, using a plug that automatically turns off. It's the opposite of that. This is about removing friction between your state of non-exercise and your state of exercise. I just gave you an exa example about an indoor trainer, but it could be running shoes. I think James Clear has a great example. I think he says, like, if you want to run, you leave your running clothes and your running shoes, like, in your doorway 
like in the morning. So you have to like trip over them basically. The point is just to create an environment that reduces the friction to actually doing the thing you want to do. The other thing is a bit of a, a bit of a weird thing for me, but exercising on an indoor trainer and maybe running, and I must be careful because not every exercise is maybe conducive to this, but for me, it's one of the only ways that multitasking actually makes sense. So what I mean by this is when I think of like, oh, I should go and train for an hour now. What's happened in my brain is I know that when I'm doing my indoor training, it's a great place for me to listen to podcasts or audiobooks or catch up on a YouTube video or something like that. So I really do feel like I'm getting a lot done. I can go in the middle of the day. I work from home most of the time. I can go at like whatever, 3 p.m. and go and do a 45-minute training session. And I don't feel like I'm sort of wasting time. I don't feel like I'm sort of, I don't know, not being productive because I'll listen to a podcast or an audiobook and I actually get a lot of my, my listening done in that space. I like to catch up on my fintech knowledge, my blockchain knowledge. I like to catch up on like the crypto stuff that I do. And I generally do that when I'm exercising. And for some reason, I actually tend to retain information better when I'm doing that. So it really does feel like I'm being super productive. I'm training, but I'm also, you know, digesting and, and learning at the same time. It's about the only good multitasking example that, that I can think of. So like I said at the beginning of the show, I don't think you got any surprises when I said sleep, meditation, and exercise. But I'm hoping that there was some value in there around something that you can actually take into your life and execute on to help you get better sleep, to help you to develop a meditation practice, and to help you to exercise more. I have one of my very, very good mates as a doctor, and he never stops talking about this. And it's like this stuff, it's not only that it'll change your life, but without being dramatic, like this will save many people's lives. If you just get good sleep and you just meditate and you just do exercise, you can absolutely transform your life. And like he often says, you can often save your life depending on your current state. And this is not just about physical health. I need to be really clear about this. This is around mental health. This is around physical health for sure. It's around performance, both physical and business performance. It's around how I show up for my family, how I show up for my friends, how I show up in the world. It really just makes an impact across every element of my life. And like most of the things in my experience, it's not about the theory. It's not about knowing what I'm talking about now. It's about doing what I'm talking about now. So I really hope that you got some value. As always, don't just sit and be a passenger. Take action and actually execute on some of the stuff. If this resonated with you, please share this with somebody that you care about. This is something that I don't make money from. And the payment that I'm asking for is just likes and reviews and shares and to get this message out to people. That's what I'm after. That's all. I hope you got value from today. I'll see you again soon. If you want to talk about working with me as a business improvement coach, please reach out either on mike at smbmastery.com.au or you can find me on LinkedIn. Please do share this podcast with whoever you think will get value from it. And if you have five minutes, please do give us a rating and review. They really do help with making the podcast visible. The link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening and I'll be back soon with the next episode.